0: Sit down and get ready to listen because I have the storyteller of all storytellers. Here with me today, this person tells stories in all sorts of ways and there's nothing better to do when you are in the presence of a storyteller like this than to get comfortable and listen. Hey, welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers podcast. Oh yes, I do love a good story. I used to read a lot when I was little. I learned to read really early relatively speaking it was somewhere around the age of 3 i remember the story was about the bethlehem star and i sounded out things and you know i mean i was i was tackling a, a book and i and that book will stay with me it was a story that gripped me and brought me in and isn't that amazing that as a child that you could be so affected by that. Well, my guest that I have with me today, I met her. She is a storyteller with many, many facets. I met her when she was wearing her actress storyteller um, costume. Uh, But Monica is just one of those bright lights, brighter than most. And she is just bright in so many ways peaceful too there's just a genuine peacefulness I remember when she took the corner around the hallway when I first met her and I saw her coming and before we ever spoke a word I had no idea who she was she ended up being the understudy for me in Les Mis in um in Arkansas at at the at the rep the Arkansas rep uh but there was just this peace that came down the hallway and um I love her. I loved visiting visiting with her um for this podcast. And then um her life opened up in other ways of storytelling and I can't wait for you to hear the details of those. It's very inspirational. But in a nutshell, she um wrote Her first children's book and got it published. And boy, did she! It has been acknowledged in such a significant way. And then there was another, and there's more coming. I am just so tickled to know her. I'm so proud of her. And I can't wait for you to hear about her journey and then also have an opportunity to go check her out. I'll give you that information after you have a chance to visit along with me, with Monica Robinson. Okay, Miss Monica, do you see that we're being recorded? Do have- I do indeed. Awesome. I don't know um, why I do that all the time, but every time we're running, it's because I am anal retentive, and I just want to make sure. But I, um, prior to meeting with you, I introduce to the audience who's coming on, so um, they kind of know a little bit, or 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 will, but. I remember so clearly seeing you. You were a bright light, first of all, but I was in Arkansas. I was there for an initial meeting had just arrived as I had been cast, um, in, uh, in Les Mis and it was a, um, partnership between Phoenix Theater and, um, and Arkansas Rep And you came down the hallway, and you greeted me. And you are so warm, and I (laughs) love you immediately. And there is so much to you. I don't know how we're going to get it all in today. So I'm going to twist your arm that you have to come back. But I, I, you and I were just reminiscing before I pressed record. But I learned about something that I am actually in love with. Um and we won't spend much time on it because it's not who you are, it's just where you live. You shared with me that you um and your family live in a yurt. And I said to you full blown ignorance, uh, what's a yurt? So if there are other people (laughs) with me on it on being as equally as ignorant as I was, and I won't hold that against them, um, what is a yurt?
1: Okay, well, I have the perfect answer for this, and it's awesome. my stock answer. In fact, my kids can recite it with me. <laughs> uh, a yurt is, if you can imagine, a normal, typical house, stick-built or brick house, and a tent having a baby, <laughs> and it's a round, ra- a- and it's a round baby. That's a yurt. So <laughs> that that's my humorous answer, but it is a. Thirty. Mine is thirty feet in diameter. It has lattice walls and um, vinyl outside covering, but like space age vinyl. And then there's a beautiful center window at the top. That's called the Tone. That translates to the eye of heaven. And um, we do. We have built a loft in ours, but you don't have to. But um, this is the the yurt is our answer to oh my gosh we have a mortgage full of student loans how can we both live and pay for our student loans so the yurt was our answer to that we bought a used yurt we put it up we've lived in it for over a decade now and i love it we call the land here owl hollow we're on about four acres um in the backwoods of Arkansas. So when you drive on our road, you kind of hear banjos as you turn on our street. <laughs> but it, it suits us, you know, it suits us really, really, really well. so and
0: awesome, girl. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, and I also recollected this with you, but I went back that night to the housing and told Jonathan that, you know, I just met this really cool person and and they live in a yurt, and I didn't know what a yurt was, and he was, of course, you know, um, sort of embarrassed for me that I didn't know what a yurt was, but, um, uh, he, too, loves yurts. We have seriously, seriously, since then, talked about um, acquiring some property um, when, you know, some, we, we catch a breath here, and Putting something on the property, and we did. We went to a fair here in Arizona where they had, you know, yurts that you could go look in and and yeah. work through. And and I remember when I went in them, just thinking about you kindly looking at me and explaining to me. And I think, girl, you used that explanation about I probably did. You did. I think you did. <laughs> I, anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I have wanted to have you on my podcast for a while. You are so bright. We shared a dressing room together. You're, you're bright, you're warm, you're kind. These are the things that came to me. And I was say now, are girl, you, are you describing you or me? Because it now, sounds like up, you to this me. is my podcast. You hush up right now. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I, okay. Am, I am intuitive and I'm very sensitive and you know what, the fact that you said that is so kind because, but I think we did feel a kindredness between each other um, of, of a similar cloth, um, mm-hmm. but I thought of you, lovely women in the dressing room, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm not isolating you out in any kind of neglect of them, but that being said, um, warm, kind, funny bright, sensitive, deep thinking. And um, though I am often a talker, I tried not to talk as much. I'm a listener though, too. I tried not Mm -hmm. to so that I could glean as much from you and others as I could. And I remember often you coming in um, from days that you had spent doing you know whatever it was your days took but coming in and kind of breaking um some of that down but just with such grace and then you have so much to you and then since that time I of course and haven't had a chance to see you in person but I follow you on Facebook and um we connect loosely that way um you have all um This wealth to you, and I want to talk about some of that today. You are truly a storyteller to the nth degree as an actress. Mm -hmm. Um, you are, um, you have a beautiful voice, a beautiful instrument musically. Um, then you, uh, and forgive me if I don't know all the details, so correct me, but then you sure you launched into. Um, using more of your storytelling gifts in a in a in a literal traditional fashion in that you wrote a children's book. You you've written more than one. But I mean you you right. launched out and wrote a children's book. Um and tell tell me about that connection. We can go back and touch on all of your gifts, but that leash sure. something that proved to and you're really good at it apparently because i'm gonna brag on you
1: in a minute and read all the accolades uh. about that, but <laughs> just lead, lead me into that process if you don't mind sure yeah i will uh, first of all just side note uh that 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 dressing room that we shared uh for for your listeners i was terry's understudy in that play an interesting uh an interesting thing that's and, right um yeah, and one of the things that we were uh, de-stressing from—that I was de-stressing from—was that my uh, father-in-law was uh, in the, it was in the end-of-life stages, yeah. and so that was that was difficult. But yeah, y- such an amazing connection with everyone in that room, especially your lovely self. But yeah, you know, it's funny um, when I tell people about all the different uh, career paths that I've had, um, actor. Uh, bookseller, librarian, writer, audiobook narrator, all of those things, to me they are the same passion, the same career. They are stories. I believe so freaking deeply in the power of stories, in the way that they can mirror ourselves, teach us about ourselves, teach us about others that we wouldn't otherwise understand um, create connections where we didn't see them before. Um, and I'm maybe most excited about that where children are concerned, um, children and teens. And so for me, it's, I, I, I just, I dwell in stories, I deal in stories. So if it's writing them, acting them on stage, um, narrating them, uh, you know, selling them to kids, helping kids and readers find the right one—it's—it's it's all about that for me. And so I was that kid, you know, who uh, great at English, great in theater. Anything that anything that wasn't story, um, I wasn't so great in. And so it's just clear that I am wired for story. I am wired to be. Someone who deals in this, and so that's that's how all those connections come about for me. And becoming a writer here in just you know the past five years, and and getting books published and so forth, has been honestly one of the biggest honors of my life. Because you know when you're on stage, you know there may be fifteen hundred people if it's a big place, but you know I I I can have fifteen thousand readers across the country. reading and, and learning and, and, um, seeing themselves in a book and oh my goodness, that excites me so much. It's a thrill. So, um, tell
0: me about the, first of all, let me touch a little bit on the librarian because, um, I, I, now that I think about it, I feel like that might've been part of a conversation we had where it's way back in a file, but we're, what years are those like what led you into that and did you spend time was that a profession specifically that you lived out after
1: schooling sure yeah no I I went I went to school I got an MFA in acting and I was pretty sure that's what I was going to do for forever and ever amen And, and it is, it is in many ways. It will always be a part of my life. But, um, I got a job, uh, as the lead bookseller in the children's department at Barnes and Noble. And that was sort of a survival job while also trying to be an actor. And, um, and then, uh, down the road after I met you, okay, I, my daughter was going to college and um, going to an art school. And anyone who sent their kids to an art school knows how expensive they are. So even though she had a um, a scholarship, I knew we were going to have to come up with some more money. And so um, I took a position as a children's programming librarian at the main library here. Okay. And I accidentally stumbled into, oops, maybe the career that should have been mine for for always I mean yes acting yes writing but I mean like you know day job kind of thing um I loved it it was it was such a joy it was um amazing to have a connection with the kids without being their you know seven hours a day teacher and um I I loved getting kids excited about books and and connecting them with the right book that is such a thrill but um then I just reached this point where I had one book in revisions one book that was about to come out um another novel that I was trying to finish writing because I'm trying to be a novel writer too and it just became too much and uh, it sort of happened at the same time that some other money stuff that was uh, on the positive side happened. And I said, you know what, this career, I love it, but I'm gonna have to focus. And so I stepped back from that, but I still think of it as the, sort of the career that might've been, so. Um, now I remember
0: that you shared, cause it wasn't when, you're right, it was after, obviously you're right, cause it's you, but, um, uh, I was <laughs> caring about it on Facebook, maybe in some limited fashion, and yeah, um, yeah. I will tell you secretively. You're like tugging my heartstrings because, um, though I know I don't have the knowledge you do, um, or probably the giftedness, it is in an area that I would love to hang. You know, I mean, I that that what you just yeah. described. So that's super cool. So when you said you had. Um, what did you say? I had a book in final, um, in, in, in revisions, revision, um, uh, with an editor, one getting mm-hmm. ready to come out. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that. Where, where was the impetus? What happened, um, in those steps that, that, uh, led you to write your first children's book?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, I mean, writing has always been a part of my heart ever since I think my second grade teacher told my parents uh, that um, Monica's a good little writer and you should encourage her writing that just, oh, I, I can still remember that very day, you know, but um, so I'd always been writing, but only casually. And then I was sitting in my church on a Martin Luther King Day service, and I heard a story about um, a, the Children's March of Birmingham in 1963, and it was a story I had never heard before, and none of the people around me had ever heard it before. And the really terrible thing is that the people who were teaching it in my church told it really falsely in a really harmful white savior narrative sort of falsely way, and um once i found out about that i was like i am going to write a book about this i need to fix this harm that and it, it was even in my church's natu- national curriculum they've since removed it i wrote to them and they've they've removed um the the false narrative of it um but um i i decided i was going to teach myself how to write picture books and then I said, okay, so one of the things that I like to say is if there's anything you want, act like, act as if you already are that thing, right? And so I wanted to be a picture book writer. I'm going to act as if I already am. That means I'm going to devote time to it. I'm going to read picture books as if it is my career. I'm going to, um, learn about them i'm going to look at mentor texts all of those things and i'm going to spend time and effort and even money on on that and so it took about seven years from that beginning to the point where i got an agent and we found uh, an editor for the book and then so the second I one
0: writing, yeah. so the, the process of writing the book took seven years or that realization from the time you heard the sermon or the, or the whatever.
1: So I would say the process of writing the book took two years and it only took that. It does not take me that long to write a picture book. Now it took two years because I had a lot of learning to do and I had a lot of revisions. I had a lot of false starts. And then I had about a four year search for an agent where I was sort of I would like to say that I was searching for that agent really uh, in a very firm and assertive way. But the truth is I was sort of doing it half-heartedly because I had this weird simultaneous fear of success and fear of failure. I don't oh, know if anyone yeah. else did. Hello. preach it. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. So I was self sabotaging and I'd send out like one query a month, maybe. And then finally I was just like, oh my God, screw it. I'm going to push forward. I'm going to do my best. And, um, and that's, that's how I got an agent. And so it's, I don't know. I, I had to get out of my own way, I think. And I had to, um, stop sabotaging myself. And, um, well, let's
0: pause for yeah. a moment because you're hitting on some great things. Like, um, part of what I've been exploring on the podcast as well, is is rooting for people that do it. As I told you before we got started, um, that this podcast really has been something I've been working out my issues um, with and through, but um, it was a little thing about making a commitment, and I don't know why I did, Monica. I didn't have a dirty kitchen, typically. There was just something in me that wanted to make sure I didn't leave anything out in my kitchen one time. And it was on, and I think it was prior to new year's come new year's day. I made that commitment and that there wouldn't be a fork. There wouldn't be anything. I think it was the joy of like getting up and walking in and there wasn't anything to do in there. Um, I know that sounds kind of domestic and (laughs) whatever, but um, I get it. So I did that. And I kept this commitment and I think that, I think that there, it it taught me that there wasn't a reason to leave anything for tomorrow. And Mm. then that, I love that. that right now, that kind of took off inside of me. The things that I would pause on, hesitate, like you said, give a half, half, effort towards you know and it'll come i'll will do it tomorrow or i'll do you know um so the whole little minor um triumph of not leaving anything in my kitchen planted a seed but talk about getting out of your and so in all of that clearly i'm getting in my way as i look back and have of missing out on things that um are within my control um but you said getting out of your own way and there was another thing you just said that um um getting out of my
1: own way do you remember what- i talked about how i like i like to act as if i am the thing is that no, what you're just talking about? just this
0: moment ago you go i had to learn how to get out of my own way and but anyway talk about
1: getting how does one yeah. get out
0: of their own way
1: Gosh, that is a good question. And I think when I have figured it out, it's been... Oh, you said stop sabotaging. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Self-sabotage. I'm, yeah, I'm terrific talking. at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that when I have succeeded at getting out of my own way and stopping the self-sabotage, I think half the time it's on accident. So I don't know if I'm going to be giving a lot of wisdom. I, I think if I, if I really assess it... Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think there's a part of it that comes from a um, almost like a, a, a perspective of ah well, so what you know it's like that song so who cares so what you know it's like ah, whatever I'll try if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't I'll move on but God I'm gonna try oh. you know oh. and 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 I think it's almost like this existentialist thing where I go. We're all gonna die. So, success or failure, meh, I'm just gonna get out of my way and do the thing that I love. Oh, And I think, gosh,
0: I you're think make me that. Cry here. <laughs> well,
1: I still I'm haven't have figured to it out. For... A
0: check. I'm gonna have to write you oh, a God. check for counseling <laughs> because you're just hitting so many nails on the head.
1: Yeah, but see the thing is, there there are three other areas of my life at least where I'm not hitting it, you know, and so it's it's like I, it's like I don't think we're ready for it until it happens. Sometimes I don't oh, know.
0: Oh, good. I, that makes me feel yeah. better. That was comforting. You know, I beat myself <laughs> up over um, the self sabotaging that I do because I feel like yep. I, you know um, I will go to the wall. For anyone else so I will mm-hmm. organize myself and stay on task and push it for anybody else um, let me help with yep. that oh yeah no I know how to do that so I to, I, I I think it's something that is um, you've cracked a nut and um, or an egg or whatever but I'm so tickled that you got out of your own way because there is a way about you that needs to take off in our world and did mm-hmm. in many ways. Yes. I'm not, I'm not discounting anything you've ever done before, but I mean, the, the sharing and through story. So what was your first book? I know, I I know, but I mean.
1: <laughs> sure. So it was called Let the Children March, and I was lucky to be paired with a star illustrator, Frank Morrison. And, um, you know, I, I can't even say enough about how that process was so mind blowingly amazing. Um, and it's been interesting too, because though the book is written about a historical event uh, in one week in may in 1963 in birmingham alabama it is also about uh giving not giving because it can't be given they own it uh owning uh, uh, telling reminding children there we go reminding children that they own um a, a certain power and that they have the ability um to make a difference in the world and so the book and this surprised me it has been used it was used during the children's climate march. It was used for the Black Lives Matter movement. It's been used anywhere and anytime that children are taking a stand. And um, I just, I, I, you know what? I can't talk about that for very long because I'll start crying. But it is, it is just, it's, it's, it's an honor. It is a deep, deep honor to have written something that resonates with children in that way. And um, you know, sometimes I, I
0: I I go for places people don't want to go. But um, why did you say I'm gonna stop talking about that? Because I might start crying. <laughs> what what about that made you want
1: to cry? Just that. Like I remember um, during the uh, last summer, um, during all of the um, protests, the Black Lives Matter protests uh, surrounding. Um, uh the murder of george floyd i remember on the today show there was a a, a picture of a young uh young child holding up a sign and one side of it had a picture of the cover of my book no and the other side yes and then the other side had a pic had the words um i don't want to die and to to be a conduit because that's really how I think of it, to be a conduit for that child to understand the movement, to understand protest, to understand owning their power, To it's, it, it gives me goosebumps, it makes me tear up, and it makes me feel not even worthy of the amazingness, not only of those kids in Birmingham, 1963, of whom one is my, um, dear, uh, uh, acquaintance and helper and, um, and friend, uh, Janice Kelsey. She was a child in the children's March and she helped me, um, make certain that what I was writing in the book was true to her experience. Sure. That's awesome. Um, and, um, it makes me feel not worthy of, of them, of the children of today, of the people um, protesting last summer. I mean, even though I was one of them, um, it's the young people that it just, it just moves me. And, and I'm so impressed by them. And I love
0: the word conduit and also, you know, to the beauty and innocence of children, this advocate, this, um, this whisper in their ear through this, Beautiful person writing these stories. That right there does choke me up as well. I want to brag on you just a minute. Um, the book has been so recognized. Um, if you guys want to check out uh, Monica a little bit, and and we're talking about a lot of this, um, she has a dot com address. It's Monica Clark. Monica's M O N I C A. Clark, C-L-A-R-K hyphen Robinson, R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N. I I will leave that on a link in um, the notes in the podcast section. But you guys uh, listening just need to go check her out and grab that book. There's another, there's more we're going to talk about, but here are some notations. And then again, Monica, if something I'm leaving out, but um, it was acknowledged and awarded Coretta Scott King Honor Award. For the illustration. For the Mm -hmm. illustration. Kirkus Best Picture Books of 2018. Chicago Public Library Best of 2018. The Children's Book Review Best of Nonfiction 2018. And I can go through, I won't right now, I want the audience to go there, but and read through um, amazing reviews. Okay, so I'm getting choked up. I feel my nose getting red, and I'm not going to hold it back. But I, 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 I say this in a cheesy kind of tone, I'm sure, but I am so proud of you. I am so proud to know you and grateful
1: well, yeah. we, we, I appreciate that so much, and you know what? I when we first met, I knew that we were kindred in more ways than we understood uh, in, the, in the in that moment. Um, but I, I appreciate that, and it's um, it has not been necessarily an easy road, but it has also been the road that made me who I am and so I just have to go, you know, bless it. Bless it. Bless it. Bless it. Um and but it yeah. Been. It has been and you are.
0: So there's yeah. um the 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 artwork and the illustration, I understand why it's been recognized and uh why this illustrator um is Harold, you know Yeah,
1: he's like a star artist. and he 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 uh just uh, won the credit skink cut skink. I'm saying you're wrong. <laughs> he he won wa- he won it for another book. Um, oh, wow. just just recently, and so he's he's fantastic. I also have to say, since I wrote that, I also did read did um win the International Literacy Association. A debut award um, for, for uh, picture book authors so yeah wow. I, I listen I joke with my friends that I may never have a book this well received again but then as soon as I say that I slap my hand because you know I don't want to manifest that I don't want to manifest that don't, um,
0: and don't and I don't um, I'm looking at the cover of um, a book that came out this year yes yes Um, yeah, standing,
1: standing on her
0: shoulders and just the Mm -hmm. title alone took my breath away when I first saw it, uh, earlier this year, but tell us about that.
1: Okay. Well, the story of how I got the idea for the, this book is so fun and it's going to out my hippie little self. So (laughs) I, I got the idea for this book way back when my now 14 year old daughter was in utero and I was at a, uh, uh, um, I would call it a baby shower, but it's not exactly a baby shower. It was hosted by a wonderful wise woman friend of mine named Marna Franson. And she led us on a guided meditation, me and all my crunchy granola mom friends. <laughs> and um, she encouraged us to imagine that we as women were surrounded in, in like small circles, concentric circles around us, that we were surrounded by the women in our family, or those who mothered those who mothered us, and then behind those who mothered them. And then to expand that to our ancestors and our aunts and our you know, cousins and so forth. And then she said, all right now expand those concentric circles further. And imagine yourself surrounded by the women you've never known—the women generations past, women of different cultures, women um, who came over on the boat, women who were uh, working this land before anyone came here. You know, Um, and that image and that guided meditation was such a powerful image to imagine that I am here now because of who they were then and because of what they did and barriers they broke through through, and hardships they faced. And so that image stuck with me. And then at some point the title standing on her shoulders just popped into my head and I began to write. I probably wrote 50 different versions because I wasn't sure what it needed to be. Uh, Originally, I think it was a collection of, poems about like 15 different women and so it it just it came in and out different versions and um yeah and then scholastic bought it and as a former um you know scholastic book fair nerdy kid who you know lived for the day when the scholastic book fair happened Mm -hmm. i i was just absolutely thrilled to be an author with scholastic and to get uh, another amazing illustrator Laura Freeman who had illustrated the hidden figures picture book previously. And so um yeah it's it it's it's been terrific too. And so and well can I tell you about the new thing yet or is it not time for that yet? No,
0: tell what you want to tell.
1: Well, I can't tell all the details okay. because in the book world in the book world when you sell a new book, you're mm. not supposed to tell until it's officially Sure. You know released as as a deal um, wow. but um a a co-author friend and I just uh, sold a book, and um, it's exciting. Uh, I will tell you that the co-author is a family member of one of my favorite civil rights activists, and so I cannot wait for you um, to see this book. Um, I'll tell you about it in private later okay okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh but it's God. it's 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 super exciting and then I'm also trying to move into uh, middle grade novels and so we'll see how that goes but um and is that I've currently got one on right now I'm sorry what'd you say is that something you're working on right now I
0: feel like you said you have a project you're working on or maybe you were referring to yes what, mm-hmm.
1: yes yes I have a couple of projects I'm working on um I've got a middle grade novel called Big Girl that is um, about a 12-year-old girl. You know that girl who's too smart, too fat, too awkward, too everything, and um, and everybody makes sure she knows it. And um, she is um, her middle-grade um, survival tactic is just to lay low as as much as possible because you know the bullies can get your scent and um, And, and so she was just trying to attract no notice, but then, um, a new friend and his family convince her, they hear her sing one time and they convince her to audition for the school musical. And she learns to, learns to lean in to her excellence and into her truest self. And she also, finds a place where she can fit in while also standing out and so i'm really hopeful about this book it's very oh, autobiographical awesome. as i'm sure you can tell it is definitely about my experience as as a fat middle grade girl um who was about to fall in love with the theater and um yeah so i have high hopes for that book um and uh and we'll 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 see
0: Oh, I'm going to really have to take a little nappy after this just to gather myself because I feel like I've been on an emotional jog and I don't run unless I'm being chased, but um, <laughs> <Me too. laughs>
1: also you have a, a vegan cookbook out for kids. Is that something I saw? Or- oh gosh. Yeah. You know, that was a long time ago. That was before any books came out and, um, it was nothing more than people saying to me 50 million times, "Will you? Uh, what's this recipe? Please write the book. Please write the book." And um, so I self-published a, uh, a cookbook that's you know vegan well, food for I, families it looks and
0: super cute. I want to check it out. Yeah,
1: I mean like really, yeah, it's got some, it's got some good stuff in it. It does, it does. But yeah, it's it's nothing. I, you know, I figured out I don't cook by recipes, and so it's just so hard to figure out. Yeah, yeah. What you're how to break it down that way. That. Yeah, yeah. So it took it took oh so much time.
0: And before we go, because I I, I know I've had you for a long time, but I'm gonna have you back. Um talk to me about to. any acting that you have done. Um I know that we all kind of sure. um had to be on pause. My you know, it's it's been it's been a really tragic, difficult year for um live theater. But have you done have you had Things open up there where you've been able to do something
1: so the only thing um since the pandemic uh, we I, i've done a couple of little tiny things some virtual things some voiceover work of course there's not a lot um of paid theater that's happening in town right now okay um i th- I think um, my family and I, one of the things we love is when we can all three. And I mean, by all three, I mean my 14 year old, um, my husband and myself, when we can all three be in a show. So I think we're going to audition for maybe our town coming up later. But um, before the pandemic ended, I, oh, I had such a good run of good shows. Um, I did, uh, of course, you know, I did Lay Mis with you. I did Bridges of Madison County. Uh, I did two sister acts. I got to play the Kathy and Jimmy role in oh, Sister Act, I and I it. oh my goodness, I loved that. I had the best time. Um, and um, let's see, I <laughs> I did a a very hokey but unbelievably fun round of the church basement ladies shows um which if you've never heard of them you should check them out because they are ridiculous fun and i'm in love with the little old lady that i played and um and then right before the show that i was supposed to do in april of 2020 that was supposed to start rehearsing then was menopause the musical Oh yeah. And, um, yeah. And that has now been moved to next spring, I believe. So yeah.
0: Well. Alan, Alan Plato, is that who you audition for? He's no,
1: this is, uh, this is at the local dinner theater oh, okay. here. Oh, okay. um, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank and then, you, well. you know, I do, I do eventually plan to audition for some tours and things, but not until I kick this last kid out of the house until she oh, heads absolutely. off to
0: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, beautiful daughters, and you just um, uh, had a had a celebration over one of them.
1: I don't know if you want to talk about that or not. Yeah, sure, sure. She, my my oldest daughter, got married, which is honestly hilarious because this is the kid that, when she was fourteen, said to me in only the haughty voice that only a fourteen year old can do, she "said, <laughs> mom." I am not going to do what you and dad did. I am not going to find someone in high school and just stay only with them for forever. That is, oh, I'm going to, you know, have love affairs and I'm going to not get married until I'm 70, you know, (laughs) something like that. (laughs) And then, and then when she was 15, she met and fell in love with her, um, with her spouse. Well, Obviously they weren't a spouse then, but, um, she, yeah, yeah. And they were together for six years before, um, oh, wow. they decided that it just, it just made financial sense to get married. But she told me that my budget for the wedding was 500. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, we couldn't use the W word wife and we couldn't use the M word married. So so she, uh, it was a beautiful ceremony though, and uh, yeah. exactly I what she shared wanted.
0: Shared a picture or two. She's an artist as well. She's a singer. She is. She is.
1: She's. She's. She's, a, she's got right. a lot. She's got a lot. She is a singer-songwriter. She has a band called Reward Center, and um, with with her husband, and then she is also a an illustrator, and she's actually working on her, um, her portfolio as a children's book illustrator now. Just graduated college, and so. Yeah. The, the arts run deep in this family. Um, I'm not sure we have much skill in anything else. Uh, definitely no skill in laundry.
0: (laughs) Oh, my girlfriend, you have been a shot me arm for me today. You've been just refreshing as I shared with you, it is 108 here today. And so, uh, the kind of refreshing that you have given me is deep within, but even has, has lifted my own physical body and I can't thank you enough. Um, I will have you back if you are willing. I will give um, the notations about your website so people can go check out and find those books. But I give you my love and I'm very grateful for how our paths crossed. You would be a great neighbor. I'd love to live next to you. and, Wouldn't it, that be fun? It would be. A, it would be. I mean, because like I said, I mean, even the vegan stuff. I'm not vegan, um, but the dishes that you post, I'm. I'm close. I'm a. I'm a like dip my toe in the vegan pool, pull it out a little bit. You know, um, I did go vegan for about seven months or so. But you, I just love the way about you. You know, there's just a way about, though I'm, I'm older than you. I'm not quite old enough to have been an authentic hippie of the time, but I am definitely a hippie.
1: Um, Yeah. I I, I recognize that as soon as, as soon as we met. And uh, I actually came back from our first rehearsal and I said, well, i I can't i can't hate the woman i'm understudying she's she's too she's she's too kind and intelligent and and like you said about me a light you are a light so this is a mutual admiration society it is
0: and we we deserve to spend a little time loving on each other so thank you so much for the sweet words don't go away i'm going to end the podcast it is not a goodbye i want to say goodbye to you personally but but can
1: I get you under pressure to agree to come back while the audience is listening? Absolutely. And let's even take it a step further. I am big on manifestation, and let us let us say that when my novel, when my middle grade novel um, is about to be published, I will come back. Oh my for that goodness. moment. that is going to happen. Yes, That
0: is definitely going to happen. And I love that you ended positively and it's an encouragement. Uh, to my listening audience because they know where my heart is. So I'm glad that you gave us that boost and we can all learn from you. So don't go bye-bye, my sweet one. I'm going to say bye to you off of the recording, but I'm going to end it right now. So hang around for a minute. Thank you, Monica. I hear a thunderous applause out there in the airwaves. Hold on Isn't she a delight? You know, after we got off of the recording, we both said we just need to stay in closer contact. And I don't know why I haven't. Uh, I Well, uh, you know, life just does stuff to us. And as I was sharing with her, I really am an introvert. And so sometimes it can just be easier just to stay there, though I love her and I love learning about her. And as you can tell, she's just good, you know, but in our conversation, she forgot to say something super important. And I want to let you know, in addition to everything she's doing, she is pursuing her second MFA in creative writing for For children and young adults. She is at Hamlin. University. And apparently this is like where you go if you want to do this stuff, you know what I mean? But it's a wonderful program that she's a part of. I think it would be great to pursue for myself, not necessarily this particular course, but just something like that, that she gets to go away or the, or the idea is COVID kind of jacked it up, but the idea is that she gets to go away on campus for a 10 day period, twice a year, and then uh, is, you know, works along with a mentor, but yay for you, girl. I wanted to make sure that I got that in, that we ch- chatted so much and we didn't get to say it. So she is really digging into this calling that she has to tell stories to younger audiences and the power that she has to influence. And uh, I'm just, I'm just so happy to know her. And I, Can't wait to see what continues to unfold for my friend, Monica. Thank y'all for tuning in. Please share this. I know you have people out there that would love to hear this and how inspirational. What is it that you want to do? Have you been listening to yourself? Are there things that you want to do that you hush, that you quiet, that you haven't let come full front and center? And like Monica and I shared, do you hesitate? Do you procrastinate? Do you not give it the place that really it deserves? Because it's not it that deserves it, it's you that deserves it. Go do it. Set yourself free. Throw it up in the air. Give it some direction, but don't worry about controlling where it falls. Go do it and let it live. It has to live first before it can move and take on what all it's ready to take on. I'm rooting for you. Root for me right back, will ya? And I can't wait to visit with you again next Tuesday. Tuesday with Terry. On the Jerry Summers Podcast. <laughs>